everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. We talk all things NBA and NFL. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and smash that subscribe button down below because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, leave a comment down below and let us know who is your pick to win the NFC South. Today, we'll be doing another NFL divisional breakdown ahead of the 2021 NFL season with the NFC South. How's it going, Roman? I'm good, Drew. I'm really excited to get into this one. Uh, it was very fun breaking down the NFC uh, NFC West last week. Uh, unfortunately, Chris cannot be here, but he still gave us his predictions and uh, players that he likes for fantasy purposes. So I'm excited to break it down with you. Yeah, of course it sucks that Chris isn't here, um, but uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to uh, carry the load for him this week. Um, in this division, it might be kind of a shocker because I think on the surface you think it's a really interesting division, but um, it's there's some intriguing teams, but I do think it's not like last week where the NFC West where any team could possibly win that division. This week I feel like there's there's one clear-cut winner in this division, and then there's the other three teams that could potentially be wild cards. I'm interested to see what your takes are on that. Um, but yeah, it's not... At least for the divisional crown, I don't think it's going to be as much of a war as the NFC West. But uh, we'll dive into one team that had a ton of turnover in the offseason, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Um, last year, they went 12-4. and four. I believe they won the division, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was them or Tampa. Um, and they won in a really just probably the worst game of the playoffs, to be honest, against the Bears in the wildcard round. That was the Nickelodeon game, um, for those of you that maybe don't remember. Um, so it was kind of memeable, but in terms of football, it wasn't great. Uh, and then they lost. Um, they got kind of handled by the Buccaneers there in the divisional round, which ended up being uh, Drew Brees' last game of his career as he retired. Uh, that was an early early offseason headline was, will, will he retire? Will he not retire? Then there was this insane video of him training. Everyone's, oh, he's coming back. And then like a week later, he retired. So he's gone. Um, really end of an era there for the Saints in New Orleans and, and one of the best quarterbacks of all time um, hanging it up now. But then there's also, they also lost Trey Hendrickson to the Bengals, Janoris Jenkins to the Titans, Sheldon Rankins to the Jets, Jared Cook to the Chargers, and Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. So a few key pieces from their offense, a few key pieces from their defense last year. So they missed a lot of them and they didn't do a ton um, in terms of additions to address some of those losses. Um, they drafted Peyton Turner in the first round. Um, they also got Tanoa Kupasanaganon and they got uh, <laughs> and they got tight end Nick Vanette. Um, so yeah, they, like I said, I, although I butchered that name, I know um, they didn't do a ton to add. So um, I'm interested to see. I'm I'm definitely not as high on this team as other teams. I know um, we got some flack for our last week's episode because we gave the Seahawks a lot of crap. Well, I am for look out, Saints fans. That's all I got to say because I don't I don't like this team at all really that much to be honest with you. But Roman, how would you start us off here? What, what do you think about the Saints' chances heading into 2021? Well, first of all, I put that name in the additions just to see how you pronounce it, and it lived up to my expectation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting, and you kind of mentioned it last year. The division had more intrigue just because it was Brady's first year in the in the NFC South um, with the Buccaneers. So um, definitely looking forward to seeing how this season is. Uh, for the Saints, though, I do think they, they aren't going to be the division winner in my book. I think that's kind of clear. Um, I think the biggest storyline just is you know who's starting between Winston and, and Taysom Hill. Um, last year, when when Breeze was out for a couple games, you did see Taysom Hill in there. Um, did fairly well. I mean, he didn't really throw the ball a whole lot. I mean, most notably, you kind of see that Broncos game where the Broncos were starting a wide receiver at quarterback, and Taysom Hill was just running the ball the, the entire game uh, for the Saints. But I don't know I, some people are saying Winston's the starter. Some people are saying Taysom Hill can be the starter. Um, you see um, Sean Payton, he really high on Taysom before he said that he could be a starting quarterback in the league one day. I'm not sure about that, but I think you'll both you'll see you'll definitely see both of them for sure. Whether it's Winston starting and Taysom being the gadget guy, or vice versa, even because you did see um, Winston in that a little bit of that role last year. Um, I think the, obviously it's going to be a step down whoever is at the quarterback position, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as maybe some people might think they are going to be. Like I mentioned, um, they're not my division winner, but I still think they'll have a pretty good record. Yeah. So. I, that's the big storyline heading into 2021, right? You mentioned it there. It was the Winston versus Taysom Hill debate. Um, I'm definitely, this might be a surprise. I don't know why I would be surprised, but I'm de- definitely Team Jameis. Um, I think he gives him a little more of a chance to win. I feel like Taysom Hill, he's more of a gadget QB where he can throw him in there in different sets, and that's where he thrives the most is when he's kind of uh, – um, changes the pace a little bit rather than being the guy. Cause like you said, yeah, he was able to beat up on a Broncos team that didn't have a quarterback. 
Um, but then he kind of struggled in some other games too. He was, it definitely wasn't as bad as I think a lot of people, including myself, thought he would be. Um, but I don't know if he showed enough to be like, yeah, he's the guy. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, unc- there's not a lot of clarity there right now. At who's going to be their starter? Um, and we're about a month out, a little over a month out now from the start of the NFL season. So hopefully that gets cleared up a little bit sooner rather than later. Um, that that's really going to be the deciding factor here for this team. I think um, they do have some pieces on the offense still. Um, I'm sorry. Do you want to add something? I was going to say before you, you probably got to it, but one thing that we even forgot to mention and didn't add it to this document was that he injured to Michael Thomas, right? He might miss the first half of the yeah. season almost. Uh, so that will definitely contribute to, you know, maybe their lack of success in the first half of the season. Um, but, you know, that's definitely going to hurt, hurt them a lot. Yeah, I, I think it was going to be an uphill battle, even if Michael Thomas was there. Mm-hmm. But getting him back, presumably fully healthy, was going to be really nice for them because he was hurt most of last year. Now the fact he's probably going to miss a majority of the season this year also with, with another injury. Um, it's really tough for already an offense with a lot of uncertainty. Um, after the Breeze injury and even the or the Breeze retirement and even the Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook departures. I mean, I know they weren't great last year, especially for fantasy purposes, but they were decent, decent options there for the offense. And they both left. Um, and now you got uncertainty at quarterback and you got Alvin Kamara. But then outside of that, it's it's a lot of question marks there for that offense. And I, I think. They really need Winston or Taysom Hill to be good for this team to succeed. And you can say about any team with the quarterback, but I feel like especially this team, if one of those guys are good, um, I still think they have a solid defense. It almost surprised me. If you look at like yards and, and points per game last year, they were top five in defense. They had a really good defense last year. Um, they Yeah, they lost some pieces, but I still think that's going to be a solid unit. It's going to keep them in games. Um, the, the real key, though, is going to be this offense. Can they do enough um, to kind of – Get keep the defense off the field, not get them so tired, and also able to not put so much pressure on them all game long. It's really going to come down to these quarterbacks. So um, because of that uncertainty, I also don't have them. I don't believe I have them making the playoffs. Um, they, they don't have a terrible record. They're not last in this division, um, but they, they don't have a great record in my eyes. Um, so I, I can jump into that right now if, if you want. I, I, I have them at 7-10. and 10. Uh, I think there's a little leeway up there they could – they could go a little bit higher. They could get 9-10. They could sneak into a wild card if some of those things bounce right. If Michael Thomas comes back and he's now he doesn't have to be the former record-breaking MT that he was in 2019. He just has to be better than he was last year and on the field and somewhat a contributor. But if that's not the case, um, I think it could be – they could definitely lose um, more than 10 games as well. Um, it could be a tough year for New Orleans if because there's a lot of question marks. And I feel like – this is the most question marks this Saints, a Saints team has had headed into a season since, like, I don't even know when. Like, it's got to be at least a decade, I think. So, um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a different year for the Saints fans. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is able to kind of steer the steer the ship in the right direction. Yeah, it would be a very disappointing season if they ended up going up, uh, under 500 for sure. But I think you have to give them a benefit of the doubt, though, because a couple of years ago, you did have Teddy Bridgewater as their, as their starter for like three, four games, uh, and he was able to win all those. So I think, you know, Winston or Taysom, I think those are going to be an upgrade um, in terms of the backup they have. So I think it's possible that uh, they can, you know, write the, write the ship a little bit for them. Uh, I do have them with a better record than what you project them. I have them at 10 and 7, actually. Second okay. in the second in the division, um, I, it seems like we've been saying this for some other teams, even in our last division. But you have to have a couple, um, a couple lucky bits, a couple breaks the other way. Um, so I think they can be good. I don't think they're going to be the division winner. I don't think they have a chance at winning the division um, because even you know last year the def- the Saints defense did did give the Bucks some trouble. I mean Brady didn't have his best games against uh, the Saints defense, but now I think they've gone clear in terms of being the best team in this division. Um, they brought everyone back, as we'll talk about a little later. Um, but the Saints, I do think they'll they'll have some challenges along the way, but I don't think they'll have the worst record ever. Yeah, I don't I don't think that – I can see them going 10-7 and seven for sure. Um, as we already said, the defense is good. Um, they didn't lose a ton on, on that side of the ball. It's really just going to come down to those quarterbacks. And the quarter – if they have mm-hmm. – they get – even if it's both of them, even if they have like a 1A, 1B thing, which I think could also potentially work, um, which they kind of did before even when Breeze was still there as well, um, that could definitely get them the 10-7. and seven. And they're, they're well coached with Sean Payton. I think this could be kind of like what we saw last year with Bill Belichick. Like, can he actually coach without his quarterback? Um, we might be kind of seeing a similar uh, storyline this year with Sean Payton. Can he can he succeed without Drew Brees? Because Brees obviously has been there since, I think, 2006. So that's, that's insane. So 
Um, yeah, I could definitely think see them going ten and seven. Um, so you had you said you had them at second in the division. They're actually going to be third in my division because I'm slightly higher on another team that might come as a surprise a little bit later on. Uh, and then Chris had them at nine and eight. So we we're all kind of in that seven to ten win range all around this. We're all kind of in the same ballpark there. Um, but yeah, I do think though something the Saints have going for them is this is not the NFC West. It's not like yes, the the Buccaneers are an awesome team. They're on a whole nother level. They're a Super Bowl contender. But then the other three teams are all kind of in that same tier of the Saints, I would say. Um, and if they, the Saints are able to, yeah, they might lose to the Bucks twice. But if they're able to sweep the rest of the division, which I think is definitely possible, um, they could really set themselves up very nicely for a wild card berth. Even if maybe they're not the best team on paper, they, they're, they're going to be well coached. Their defense is going to be good. Um, it really is going to be on that offense. Like I said, I think it's definitely possible they could sneak into the playoffs. But um, anything else you wanted to add about the Saints um, before we hop into our next team? Um, no, I think I think we got it all down. All right. So just to recap, you got you're the highest at ten and seven. Chris is second, nine and eight, and then I'm at seven and ten. And like last week's episode, we will of course go through our standing projections at the end of the app after we break down each team. But next up, we have the Carolina Panthers, and this is the team. Spoiler alert: that I'm a little bit higher on than maybe some other people. I think they could be a little frisky this year. And I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm saying they could be a fun watch. Like kind of like they were last year, but almost a little bit better. So in terms of 2020, they were went five and eleven. They missed the playoffs once again. That was with a, a new coaching staff and with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Um, they completely revamped the defense. I think it was one of the youngest defenses in the lead league, um, which meant it wasn't super great. Um, on the offense side of the ball, they had Teddy Bridgewater uh, for m- most of the year. He was kind of good to start the year. Then he got hurt, and then he kind of fell apart, and then it wasn't good. And he the offense really struggled down the stretch. Um, and they actually were in the playoff hunt. They were a team I know we talked about a lot on this show about maybe the Panthers. You know, are they good now? What's happening here? And then they just really fell off down the stretch and ended up at five and eleven. Another disappointing losing season. But they had a massive offseason. Um, key additions. You see the man, the myth, legend right there, Sam Darnold. Uh, they added him at quarterback. A trade with the Jets. They added. Uh, they beefed up their offensive line a little bit with adding Pat Eflin and Cameron Irving. They also got AJ Bouye, Hassan Reddick, and they drafted JC Horn to hopefully add to that a little bit younger off younger defense, as I mentioned earlier, and hopefully give them a little more juice headed into 2021. Uh, in terms of key subtractions, um, they got rid of Teddy Ridgewater um, to the, like, trade him to the Broncos. I don't think that's a huge um, subtraction for them. Um, they lost Mike Davis to the Falcons, who had a pretty solid year last year. That That is a, a little bit of a loss, but something we didn't add in the additions here is the return of Christian McCaffrey, who was lost yep. to injury for pretty much the entirety of last season. So that's another huge addition to this team. And then they also lost Curtis Samuel to um, the Washington football team. I almost called them by their former name there. It was well, the first got to get back in the rhythm here. That was the first time I almost uh, caught myself there. But Oscar Samuel, who had a pretty solid year last year as well uh, for the Panthers. But um, yeah, I can get, I'll get a start here with this team. If that's okay. Um, I, I really like this team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I, I think they're definitely going to be in the wild card hunt. Um, I am, I have a Sam Darnold Jets jersey. I almost wore it today, but it, you know, it's weird because, you know, he's a Jets one. He's on the Jets anymore. But I think this is, he could have a really solid season this year. Is he going to be an MVP? Is he going to live up to maybe all the hype he had coming out of college a couple of years ago as the best prospect, better than guys like Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson this season? Probably not, but I still think he's going to be solid. He's not going to be the worst quarterback in the league like he was last year. Uh, and you read all the stories coming out of camp. It's that he's got zip on the ball. He's, he's good. He's partnered to back up with his former uh, Jets teammate Robbie Anderson, who they had some success there before. He's also got DJ Moore. I already mentioned there, Christian McCaffrey. I just think everything that possibly could have went wrong for Sam Darnold, and it's not all on the Jets. Some of it is on him, and his maybe he's not as talented as we used to think. Um, but everything that could have went wrong for him in the Jets went wrong. And we saw, and again, I know everyone's drawn this comparison. But we saw with Ryan Tannehill. When he left the Dolphins, got out of Adam Gase's system, he blossomed. Now he's a top 10 quarterback. Darnold is much younger than Ryan Tannehill was then. And uh, I think there's a potential there. He's also got a really, really awesome offensive coach in both Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I think he's going to be really thrive in this offense. Um, they, they did. The offensive line still isn't great, but they did try and address at least a little bit. Um, so hopefully they can give him enough protection. I think he can have a, a really, really nice season. I think their defense is going to be much improved from last year because a lot of their rookies will have another year under their belt. Under, under their belt. 
uh, and as well as they added um, solid picks and JC Horn, as well as Son Reddick and AJ Bouye in free agency. So um, I, I, I'm not going to tell you the record prediction yet. I'll let you, Roman, you can dive into that. I'll let you dive into your analysis, then we can do record predictions. But um, I really think this is a team that is going to be young and up and coming, a really fun watch, a really good story. Um, and maybe just missed out in the playoffs. I, I think a perfect comparison for them, maybe not perfect, but could be like last year's Cardinals where they're fun to watch. They're like a good story. Everyone loves them except me. Cause I, I thought called them the Fraudinals, um, but they just missed out in the playoffs. But if a few things bounce their way, maybe they will sneak in there as a wild card. But um, I know I talked a lot, but I do, I do really like this team. I think they are the second best team in this division, in my opinion, but Roman, what do you think about them? Yeah, well, first of all, I hope and I believe Donald will have a better season. I think he'll, he actually has the pieces around him in terms of weapons, coaching, uh, defense. Literally everything is better in Carolina than it is in uh, New York. But like we, we've been high on the the Panthers for the last year or so. We didn't, we didn't think they'd be good last year, but we said they were upcoming. Um, mm-hmm. That was just because of the coaching staff, the defense. It was super young and they didn't do well, but at least they have another year under their belt, like you mentioned, Drew. Um, so just getting more pieces, adding those key uh, free agency uh, signings. I think the only downfall, though, they do have a tough schedule. Yeah. Um, especially down the stretch, you'll you'll see. I mean, if you're high on the Falcons, they they could be better. Uh, then they finish out with the Bills, the Buccaneers twice, and the Saints. So, um, definitely a tough schedule down the stretch. Um, they do have a couple games that can go either way. Uh, I do think the Panthers will be a, a team that we should talk about. Um, if not this year, then next throughout the wild card conversation. Um, but I think this is the biggest um, question mark in terms of the division. This team could finish either the same as last year in terms of record, or they can go above 500 and make the playoffs. Who knows? Um, it just kind of depends on Donald. It, it seems like just the quarterback play matters most uh, for this team. Um, but I do think they have the pieces to be successful. Like you said, Drew, you're higher on them than I am, uh, and as well as Chris. But I think they could easily go above uh, go, uh, go above 500, although I don't project them to. Yeah, and I think you bring up a great point there with the schedule. Is their schedule to start the year, I believe, um, is actually kind of easier. So I think they are going to be very similar to the Cardinals were last year, where they can get off to a hot start. Oh, here we go, baby. And then they just fall apart down the stretch. Not because they're a bad team by any means, but just because they're, they're going to have a really gauntlet there those last few weeks, as you mentioned. So And, um, and we'll, know, we'll know right away if they're going to be a legit team or not. They play at home versus Saints in week two. So we'll kind of see yeah. how they stack up against the other division team, uh, especially the Saints, as you had Panthers ranked above them yeah Um, but well that'll be a very uh, good game to watch to pay attention to yeah it'll be a really to see if they measure up yeah they're not going to be the bucks i'm not saying that right now but really if they can measure up against those teams that are in that tier at least i anticipate them being in with those teams that are fighting for the wild card which um it really though it comes down to as you said on the quarterback position and specifically Sam Darnold. I mean, it's a lot on his shoulders here. Um, and I, I as you mentioned, everything he's, every, everything is improved in this situation with Carolina and I don't want to, you know, scare Sam in any way, but if he's listening or watching this, but um, if he can't get it done this year, at least show signs of improvement and that like these there's growth and he's going to get somewhere. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think he could end up being a, a career backup, which um, would be really disappointing, not for the Panthers, but just for him, as a whole, because he was like that awesome godlike pros- prospect um, just a couple years ago, ahead of guys who are now MVPs or in MVP conversations or winning playoff games or all sorts of different things back. I think it was the 2018 draft class. So um, a lot riding on Sam Darnold this year, but um, I tend to believe he can get it done. I think he can get it done. I think this is going to be a really, really fun team um, to watch and, and, I'm going to be rooting for them all year long. I was kind of, I didn't like Teddy Bridgewater last year as their quarterback because he really screwed me over in fantasy a lot. So I didn't really like this team that much last year. I was clouded by that. Um, but this year with him, I'm really in on the Panthers. And they're going to be one of my uh, favorite teams, favorite red zone teams to watch throughout the season. And I think Robbie Anderson might, he'll be the biggest like key in this offense. And I think, you know, all the weapons get a boost, you know, DJ Moore, he'll definitely have like a respectable season. Um, David Moore, who they signed from the uh, the Seahawks, who isn't very notable, but just an addition to himself. Uh, they got a couple of tight ends they signed. Uh, but Robbie Anderson, I think, you know, the chemistry that you mentioned, I think he could be the biggest beneficiary to having done on that team. Uh, and in terms of fantasy, I don't want to like look too much ahead, but I think he'll be a, a decent steal in, in the draft. Yes. Spoiler alert. I very much agree. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the, the Panthers, um, I think we're both, seems like we're both kind of in the same boat, but I'm interested to see what your record prediction is, but I'll, I'll do mine first. I'll do Chris's first actually. So Chris has them going seven, 10. 
Um, I have them going slightly higher at eight and nine. So I'm, again, I'm not super high on them in terms of record, but at the same time, it's a lot comes down to just because they have a really brutal schedule. But what do you have them at? Uh, I have them at six and eleven. So a little okay. Little, so we're a little better than last year, but I think you know, like I mentioned, that's what I think they'll do. But if if Donald like exceeds expectations, he can be you know better than even what you thought. I think of them, Drew. Yeah, I mean that's yeah very possible. Um, so yeah, so Chris had him at seven wins. I had him at eight wins. You had him at six wins. So we're all kind of again in that same ballpark for the most part. Um, but yeah, so I think you said that they are. Oh, we'll we'll get into it later. Um, but they are my second place team for sure. But anything else on the Panthers before we move on to the next team? I think this is just going to be the most. This could be the most surprising team in the division. The most interesting. Um, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. Maybe it's like we might like what you might see with the other teams. So definitely excited to see what they do. Yeah, they're def. Uh, they're the big, most team to watch. I would say, kind of mm-hmm. like what we were talking about last week with the Cardinals. I don't want to keep drawing these comparisons, but they are very similar. I feel like is with the Cardinals. They might not be the best, but they're going to be the. They're, they have like the largest, the biggest range of outcomes of what could mm-hmm. happen. Um, and I think the, I the Panthers are very much in that. And actually, real quick, one more thing I wanted to mention too: the addition of Christian McCaffrey. I think we're, we didn't mention it enough. I mean, that's a huge addition. One of the probably. I know. I think Chris had him as the best running back. You said he may be a little bit lower. I was kind of in the no, middle. He was, my, our, he was my best. Yeah. Oh, he was your best. I know someone had him as the best. Someone didn't. I don't remember who it was. Um, but he's point is he's a very good running back, and if he can stay healthy all year, um, that's just another awesome weapon for Sam Darnold to have. Um, and and really, I mean, we didn't really see him a full year in that Joe Brady offense. I mean, if he's there for a full year with a full training camp and everything, um, and I think that's another storyline we're understanding a little bit too is that these teams have a full training camp. So a lot of those te- those guys that maybe weren't great last year, they have a full training camp this year, um, and hopefully that'll kind of give them a boost. But yeah, I'm really excited to see Darnold and CMC back and everything with this team. Their defense and another year older, it's going to be a really fun team to watch, even if they don't make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, um, after we're hyping them up, they're probably going to go like one in 16 and Darnold will be out of a job and be released uh, by, uh, by January. But hopping now to our next team, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Another team that's like, I mean, their their record last year, I, I don't think gives them justice. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know they were four and twelve until we until I prepped and saw that they were four and twelve for this episode. I mean, that's insane. I mean, I, I know their record last year was like horrendous. I mean, they were like down the stretch, like they were in games in the fourth quarter several times, and they just choked like every single time. I mean, the Lions, they choked against the Lions, they choked against the Chiefs, the Cowboys. I mean, they choked so much and. Um, under normal years, normal circumstances, it seems like you'd probably win a few of those games and they have a little more respectable record, but I feel like they lost like every single close game they were in last year. I feel like, um, and that of course ends up, ends up, Hey, you having a brutal year and you're a four and 12, but, um, this is a team who's just, it seems like they've never really truly recovered from the 28 to three fiasco from a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why they got, they now have a new coach and Arthur Smith, um, so maybe this will be kind of a, a turning the corner moment for them. But um, yeah, I, this is another team. I don't think they're going to be that bad, um, but I think they're going to be, they, they could definitely sneak into the playoffs. I think we'll get into it here in a second, um, but they also could be really bad again. They, <laughs> uh, so you never know because their defense still is not, not great. Um, but in terms of key additions, uh, the, the biggest addition, one of the biggest draft prospects, I think has come out of the draft in several years. Um, they drafted Kyle Pitts fourth overall out of Florida. Um, again, monster prospect. Um, we're trying to kind of temper our expectations for his rookie year because rookie tight ends tend to not have um, awesome years right out of the gate, but he seems like a generational prospect. So if, especially when we get to the subtractions here in a second, um, they're really going to need him to be good if they want to be a, have a successful 2021 season. Um, they also added Mike Davis, who again, he's not like a awesome running back by any means, but I think he is definitely an upgrade. Um, from Todd Gurley last year, especially doesn't have those injury concerns that Todd Gurley had last season. Uh, they also had Corderell Patterson, who I'll be honest, I thought he retired a while ago. Uh, now on defense, they added uh, Varkavius Mingo, Deron Harmon, and Eric Harris. Uh, key subtractions. Um, the biggest, I think, was Julio Jones. Obviously, they traded him to the Titans. Uh, I think it was almost two months ago now. Um, so he was... He's been the face of the Falcons really for as long as I've been watching football. I mean, a very long time there in Atlanta. Um, and so it was sad, I'm sure, for Falcons fans to see him leave, but I think it was just time. Um, they also lost Alex Mack, who's a solid piece of their offensive line. 
Uh, they lost Keanu Allen, Ricardo, excuse me, Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen, uh, as well as Todd Gurley, um, who is still not signed in free agency. But um, I'll let you start off with this team. Um, what are your ex- expectations for the Falcons uh, going into 2021? I think they'll be better. That's that's one way to put it. Uh, like like you mentioned last year, they they lost so many one score games. They've lost so many leads. Most notably was that Cowboys game where they were up so much and they they blew it late. Um, but uh, I do think they'll be better. Obviously, uh, losing Julio Jones will be uh, huge for them. But you can only hope that Kyle Pitts at least steps up into that role somewhat. I mean, you already had, you already had Calvin Ridley who is on the come up anyway, so he can maybe fill in that role a little more. You have to have guys step up, though. Russell Gage, he'll have to step up. Um, Mike Davis, even the receiving game, he'll have to step up. Um, but I do like him as the running back. He'll be a starter day one. Um, Cordero Patterson on the punt returning or wide receiver running back duties. I mean, I think he'll be able to fill in that. He'll have a role in some way or shape or form. Um, but that defense, it was pretty horrendous last year. Um, I don't really think they did that much to improve in the offseason in terms of the draft. Um, but they're going to need them to step up big time if they want to even have some sort of semblance to compete in the division. I don't expect them to, but I do think they'll at least improve from the record. It's kind of hard to not improve from a 4-12 and record. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think – they're gonna they're gonna be like they were last year, in my opinion. Like they're gonna, I think their record is gonna improve just because they're not gonna lose as many one score games. Because that was insane. I mean, I feel like every week it was red. They they they're a fun team to watch. I mean, every game they played was entertaining. Whether it was a good team they were playing against or a bad team they were playing against, they were in every game. But it's just I've never seen before a team lose literally every single close game. I mean, even like the Lions, for God's sakes, you know, squeak one out every now and then, and the Falcons just they couldn't do it at, at all. Um, but I think the defense is awful. So they're, it's still uh, maybe, maybe they, maybe some of the signings they made will benefit and, uh, maybe they won't be as bad as they were last year, but I, I still don't have any faith in the, in the defense. Um, it's really going to come down to, can this offense be awesome? Which I think it, it possibly can. I mean, yeah, Julio is a big loss, but he, he was injured a lot last year. He's been injured a lot the last couple seasons. They're adding a new dynamic talent in Kyle Pitts, who I think can be really good. I already met, they still have Hayden Hurst um, and, and mm-hmm. Arthur Smith in Tennessee did like to run two tight end sets. So I think that he could, Hurst could still be a weapon. He's not an awful tight end. Um, he And that's kind of the role that he thrived in, um, I believe, back when, when he was in Baltimore as well. He thrived when he was kind of like the the second in command behind Andrews. That was where Hurst really thrived. So maybe he can have a bounce back season. Uh, they still have a, bo- not many teams lose a Hall of Famer like Julio and still have a bona fide wide receiver one on their team and they do and calvin ridley um mm-hmm. their offensive line is not as great as it was last year with the loss of mac but i think it's it's still okay enough um and then i, I also think the the addition of arthur smith as i already mentioned too, bring a new juice and energy to this offense could help as well and then the running back room i think is a little bit improved too with mike davis instead of todd Gurley. so I think the offense is going to be really fun to watch. I think they're going to be very similar to what they were last year they're going to have a losing record they're not going to make the playoffs they're, I mean, spoiler alert, they're the worst team in this division in terms of record, at least based on my predict, my my predictions. Um, but they're going to be probably one of the best or most most fun teams, most fun last place teams to watch, I think. Um, because talent-wise, I think, I think they have it there, at least on offense, that they could sneak up on some teams. And it would not surprise me if we end up in December and this team is like, either in a wild card spot or like a game out of the wild card spot. And they're like making some noise and oh, maybe you no, know, who knows what, what might happen there just because this offense, I think could be really, really awesome. Um, but unfortunately their, their brutal defense is just, it's not going to be, it's going to hold them back from being, they could sneak into the playoffs. I mean, I think that's very possible. Um, but the defense is going to hold them back from being a true, true contender, I think for this division for in the playoffs in anything. So I think I'm interested. I don't know what your like ceiling is for them, but I, for their ceiling, my ceiling for them is like the seventh seed and they get blown out in the, in the first round of the playoffs to like maybe Tampa Bay, who knows? Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, last year they were in a lot of high scoring games and you can only hope that the, the offense has the same firepower. Um, you know, like you said, Ridley is still there. Kyle Pitts might be able to make a difference. Um, although it's not common for tight ends in the rookie year, like you mentioned. Um, but I, I, I still have them as last in the division. Uh, I don't know what their ceiling could be. I think, you know, Ryan still has to play at a high level. And that'll be something that'll be talked about for a while, whether Kyle Pitts was actually the correct pick when they could have had a quarterback on the board, um, whoever they liked. Um, so we'll see. I mean, this could be Ryan's last year even. So 
that'll be interesting to follow along. Will the will the season be worth it? Will they have a good season enough to make Ryan come back? I mean, he's still on a hefty contract, but the Falcons still have to decide what to do with him. They denied trade rumors of trading him away, but uh, I think they're still a couple years away from even being competitive to maybe winning a playoff game. So you kind of you just gotta hope that there's some sort of improvement similar to Donald and the Panthers. I think you have to hope for any sort of improvement um, that that's worth keeping Matt Ryan around. Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan, he's he's a solid quarterback. I think he's gonna have a decent year, like he always does. Um, I think he's like 34, I believe, off the top of my head. I think uh, you can look that up for me for a second uh, as, I, as I'm talking. But uh, I only he's older, but not super old. So um, I, I will defend their their pick though of Kyle Pitts because I think 36. He's, he's 36, a little bit older than I thought. Um, so yeah, this, this probably will be his last year. I know last year there was a ton of trade rumors there that he might get traded. Um, so maybe, maybe who knows what will happen there. But um, I, I do think the Kyle Pitts was the right pick though for them because. Yeah, I think the guy they could have taken was Fields, right? He was yep. the last. He was the guy still because Wilson, Trevor, and Lance were all gone, and they weren't going to take Mac Jones. I don't think F four. At least I hope. Um, so I think Pitts was the right pick because if they end up being as bad as we'll look at the records, if they end up being as bad as we think they're going to be this year, um, just especially with that, with like I said, with their defense and everything, um, they could have a high pick again next year. And there's some decent quarterback prospects in next year's draft as well. Um, and I don't believe there's like a generational tight end prospect in next year's draft That's like true. there was Pitts. So if they're really kind of looking at the long game here and they say, okay, we can probably get one more year out of Ryan and then we get a young quarterback next year and we already have our young tight end here. Ridley's still very young. Um, I mean, that's the foundation of a really solid offense, I think. So I think if that's their mindset, we'll have to wait and see here. If that's their mindset, I think it, the Pitts pick makes a little more sense than maybe it did um, at the time, because I also was kind of like, that's a stupid pick. Why'd they do that? They should have traded down or whatever. Um, but that was, we've had like three months to think about it now. So I think that it makes a little yep. more sense, I guess now. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think now if we can jump into the uh, record predictions here. So um, I, I'll go first. Um, and actually, Chris and I will both go first because we have them with the same exact record. Uh, we both have them going six and 11. So slightly higher than they were last year. Um, but I believe they, yeah, they're last place for both of us as well. So slight, two wins more, um, but still missing the playoffs, still being last place, still most likely being one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I have them at 6-11 and 11 as well. Okay. So we're, we're, we're all together on that. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it's just the Panthers and Falcons tied for like third and fourth with 6-11 uh, and 11 records. Okay. So, again, I, I think and it, you mentioned this last about the Panthers and how we talked about them last year. I'm pretty sure this is word for word what I said last year about the Panthers is that the Falcons are might be one of the best last place teams in the league. I know you mentioned it earlier, but I was kind of thinking, I'm pretty sure I said that about the Panthers last year. That they'd be most, one of the most entertaining, fun, bad teams. I think the Falcons are going to be like that too. Cause they were, they were, they were that last year. And I think they're going to be the same yeah. exact thing. Well, to, well, last year it was, uh, it was a tour uh, to a worse extent. I remember Chris saying that the Panthers would finish like one in 15 or something, but still entertaining nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, obviously they were, they were much better than that. Yeah, they, they surprised they, us they, all really. Yeah. So, um, the Falcons, yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to be good this year, but you're going to be fun to watch, um, which hopefully that'll help your fans out, I guess a little bit, but, um, we'll now dive into the final team, the best team, unless you really shock in the world here, um, with the best team in this division, one of the best teams in all of football, in my opinion, the defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, last year, they Super, that's when I said at the top of the episode, I kind of forgot they didn't even win the division last year. They were 11 and five. Um, there was a course like they got off to kind of a slow start. There was the whole Brady doesn't know what down it is drama against the bears. They, they were kind of struggling a little bit. Um, I think they lost. Yeah. They lost opening uh, weekend to uh, the saints and that, mm -hmm. that kind of, and Brady had a bunch of turnovers. They didn't look great, but then they really obviously found their stride at the right time. And were able to ride that momentum to a super bowl victory over the chiefs. Um, so yeah, obviously you couldn't ask for literally a better. Maybe they didn't win the division, I guess. And Brady didn't win another MVP. Maybe that's your only. If you're a Buccaneers fan, that's your one uh, downer note from last season. But you really can't ask for much more with a Super Bowl victory. Um, in terms of key additions, so they re-signed like their whole team basically. So everyone came back. So I know we don't have them in the additions, but that's what they did all free agency is just sign all their guys back. Even though they were they were very similar to another team in Tampa, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, where it's like, oh, they they won't have the cap space, and then somehow they sign all their guys. 
Um, and that's exactly what the Bucks did too. They they're like, oh, they're not going to be able to sign all their guys, and they were able to get them all back, um, except Joe Hag, who lost, who went to the Steelers. That was their one key subtraction. Um, in terms of key additions, uh, oh, I didn't even see you had everyone else on there, so I appreciate that. I, I just I just I, did, I just read that. Uh, but in terms of key additions, they also added Joe Tryon um, in the first round of the draft. And they um, got Gio Bernard to, um, I guess, replace LaShawn McCoy, I guess, or unless, uh, unless he's still there too. I don't know. Um, unless you're trying to uh, maybe bank up, maybe there's going to be a Fournette or Rojo is going to get hurt, but I'm pretty sure Keyshawn Vaughn is still there as well. So I don't really understand why they traded him. He could be an early cut. Who knows? Um, but yeah, those are the additions they made. Um, and yeah, this team is really good. I don't really know. I don't really know what else we had to say about this team, but do you have any in-depth, uh, expert analysis for this team, Roman? Well, yeah, my, my key analysis and the key addition is to have everyone else. That's all you really need to know about the team. It's going to look exactly the same, probably even a lot better since we kind of mentioned they will have a full training camp together. Yep. Um, Brady is used to the division now. I mean, he's, he's the goat. So there's really nothing to ask for that in that sense. But, um, they're not going to go 17-0 like they've been kind of mentioning, being the first team to go uh, undefeated or 17-0 in the season. I think that'll, that'll be a little bit far-fetched, but I do think they're even going to take a big step forward this year even. Um, they're going to win the division quite clearly. Uh, I think all of us can agree on that. Uh, I think they're the Super Bowl favorite for me. Um, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I think I even said it in our Super Bowl recap at the end of last season. I, they're the Super Bowl pre, uh, favorites for me coming into this year. Um so nothing really much to ask, nothing much to uh, gripe with. I think this team is going to be better than last year, which is which is going to be surprising to at least think because they were so dominant at the end of last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add there. I mean, they're the training camp. I mean, I know I mentioned with the Panthers. I mean, this is the training camp on another level. I mean, they went 11-5 and last year, and they were still getting used to each other. The training camp was basically like the first few weeks of the regular season. So now the fact they have a full training camp, um, by all accounts, I believe Brady has been having like secret workouts with his teammates and everything, like he kind of like he did last year. Um, Chris Godwin should hopefully be healthy the whole year. Uh, Mike Evans, too. He, I mean, he... He had a monster touchdown season last year, but his stats weren't weren't great. Um, except yeah. and down the stretch, though, he really got hot um, and really was able to form a really good chemistry with with uh, with Brady. Um, so you, you expect them to build off of that um, from last year. Um, their defense was really good last year as well, and they, as we've already mentioned, they brought all their guys back, and they also added Joe Tryon. Um, who I think is a solid rookie linebacker to that that unit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I mentioned last week I had like three like top NFC teams. I think I said the Rams, the Niners, and then the Bucks. I mean, I, I think you can throw the Packers in that mix as well now because Aaron Rodgers has officially reported to camp that we found a couple days ago. Um, I, I'd say the, I think the Packers might even be a little bit lower than those three teams though. Um, but those are like my big NFC teams. But if I you know had to choose one right now. Um, I think it's got to be the Bucks. I mean, I know it's kind of low-hanging fruit because they're defending champs, but and when you look at the Rams, as we talked about last week, the Rams and the Niners have some question marks. The Packers have some question marks. The Bucks, I mean, they really don't have that many question marks. And we did, to be honest, we did say the same thing a year ago about the Chiefs, and then the season was it was kind of tough for them, and they still found a way to make it to the Super Bowl, but then they ended up losing, obviously, to the Bucks. So maybe that'll be the same thing that happens here with with, with Tampa Bay. But um, at least as it stands right now in late July of 2021, um, they, they're a really good team with with very few weaknesses, and I think we potentially could see a rematch um, in this year's Super Bowl because I do think the AFC, it's like the Chiefs and the Chiefs and then everybody else. Um, so, um, yeah, which might not be fun for people. I know people got really irritated in the NBA when it was Cavs Warriors for like 10 years straight. Um, but we might be able to see, maybe we've seen this again, at least for the next two years. Cause I think that's Brady's contract extension goes, um, through 2022, but, um, yeah, I know you want to, you want to add something. Yeah. I was really just going to say this could just, this, uh, Buccaneers and Chiefs could be like the Cavs Warriors, yep. uh, finals, uh, rivalry. Um, so that, that could be very interesting. The Chiefs got a ton better as well. But I will mention, though, that we didn't – it's not like that big of a deal. But Brady apparently did play in the Super Bowl on a torn MCL. They did get yeah. uh, surgery to repair that. Um, so hopefully he's doing well in his recovery, but he should be good to go. I mean, they haven't reported anything bad about him. Um, but just just furthering his uh, legacy as the GOAT playing in the Super Bowl on a torn uh, MCL. So that's pretty cool. Well, that's just scary too, because I mean, he wasn't like a he was an MVP level at Brady last year, but the fact that he was playing on a torn MCL, um, now he's not. I mean, that's scary. And now you got now you give him a full training camp and everything. I mean, uh, I don't think I think 
the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls was the Patriots. I think mm-hmm. it was 03 and 04. So um, it'd be kind of cool. Maybe maybe Brady, you know, wins three in a row here to finish off his legendary career and, and then retires. That'd be kind of sweet. But um, yeah, I know people are probably want us to like really crap on this team and give more expert analysis. No chance, but no chance. as it stands right now, there's really not, not too much to dislike about this team. Uh, there, there just really isn't. Um, I'm sure as any team does, they face adversity throughout the year, but um, yeah, it should be, it should be a really fun team to watch again. Um, a lot of just great personalities, great storylines. Well, I think one of, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but in my opinion, I, I'm of course biased cause I love Brady. Um, but one of like the funnest, like really good teams to watch uh, in a very long time. Um, and maybe I know a lot of people love the chiefs, but I, I don't know. I don't love the chiefs that much, but <laughs> that's just my thing. But yeah, I, I do also, I know we've, We'll get into record predictions in a second, but I kind of forgot this game was happening until I looked at their schedule and was was breaking down my record predictions. I forgot they go to Foxborough this year and play the mm-hmm. Pats. I completely forgot about that. That's going to be an awesome game. Probably the one of the biggest games of the year, I think, for any team um, would be oh, that yeah. game. Brady going back to the Foxborough, playing against Belichick, possibly playing against the next Brady and Mac Jones. We'll have to wait and see if Mac's... I think that game's a little bit early on in the season. So we'll have to wait like and week see four maybe, or something. Three yeah, or four. if Mac, Mac is even starting at that point. But uh, yeah, that should be a really fun game to watch, though. Um, but I'll let, I know I think I have done the first record predictions for like every team. So I'll let you start off. Where do you have the Bucks finishing up here in 2021? Yeah, so like I mentioned, they're not going to go 17 and 0 like they like they've been kind of mentioning. Um, but I have them at 13 and 4, winning the division quite easily, um, even improving off of last year. Like I mentioned, I think you know they have so much going their way, and I think you know the division is theirs to lose. Yeah, I have them going um, slightly higher at 14 and 3. Um, so I, I have them winning one more game, obviously, but we're still think they're going to be really good again, easily winning the division. Um, and then you and Chris are in lock step, on lockstep on this one. Um, both you guys have them going 13 and four. So across the board, we really like this team. They also benefit, I think a little bit. I mean, if, if they were in like the NFC West, um, they'd probably lose a few more games. They do benefit a little bit from like being the clear cut top tier team. And then the three teams below them are still kind of figuring some stuff out. Um, but you never know. Maybe one of those teams will, will pop off um, the Panthers saints, or maybe even the Falcons, who knows, and you really give the bucks a run for their money. But um and Brady is human. So, I mean, maybe this is, maybe he's old now. Maybe he's, who knows? I don't know. Maybe they get a bunch of injuries again. I mean, it's football. Anything can happen. But and like I said, as it stands right now in late July, this is the, one of the best teams in the NFL. But um, so really quick, before we jump into our fantasy favorites, um, let's just quickly go through the standings. Um, so I'll, I'll go over mine and Chris's real quick. And then Roman, you can go over yours. Um, so I have the Bucks at number one at 14 and three. Um, the Panthers second at eight and nine, the Saints third at seven and ten, and then the Falcons in last at six and eleven. Um, Chris, pretty similar but a little bit different. He's also got the Bucks in first at thirteen and four. You got the Saints in second at nine and eight, the Panthers in third at seven and ten, and then you got the Falcons also in last at six and eleven. Yeah, and I have the Bucks at thirteen and four. I have the Saints second at ten and seven, and I have the Falcons and Panthers tied for third and fourth at six and eleven. Yeah, so we're we're a little bit different. We're all a little bit different, but we're also also kind of in the same boat. It seems like you're higher on the Saints, I'm higher on the Panthers, and Chris just is kind of eh on everybody. It's, it's like last week though, because I was higher on the Seahawks than you both. I apparently yeah. Liked the, the, I apparently the I apparently like the established teams a little more than the upcoming ones. Um, yes, but it's interesting just for this division. Yes. Um, and yeah, and Chris is just kind of, like I said, he's just kind of bad on these. There's no team, at least based on his records that he's super high on um, outside of the bucks, obviously. But uh, let's go in now to our fantasy uh, favorite player from this division. Um, who is your best player here? Or not best player, but the player you like the most. Yeah, for me, it's uh tight end for the saints, Adam Troutman. Uh, I think he's going to have a great season this year. Kind of, Kind of uh, under the radar last year, it was his rookie season. So as we mentioned, tight ends don't have that kind of trend. But this year, especially, you know, Mike uh, Michael Thomas, he'll be out for half the season. Um, you know, they don't have many other weapons outside of Kamara. I think Adam Troutman is going to come in as the clear-cut tight end one on that team. I think he's going to have a great season just because of availability and the accessibility of their weapons. Um, I think he can, you know, step up in that role really greatly. And even in fantasy drafts, he doesn't go... He goes at the very end of drafts. Most likely not, you can get him undrafted. So 
I think, you know, his stock has risen a little bit just because of the Thomas injury, but definitely a guy you can snag late. I don't think you can start him, don't draft him as a tight end one going into the season. I think you definitely need a couple games to step into it. But if you can pair him with another tight end, I think you're going to be solid and ready to go. Yeah, I know you and Chris are really high on him. Um, I also think he's going to have a really successful season. I, I really didn't, until I really started doing some research for this episode, I really didn't notice how thin the receiving core is for the Saints. I mean, they got like what, Traquan Smith, and that's Alvin Kamara, and that's really it. So someone's got to catch the ball, especially if Jameis Winston's playing, because he he's obviously doesn't have the same uh, level of running and mobility that um, that Taysom Hill has. So if Winston starts, I think Troutman is like a really, he can have a top 10 tight end season, I think in fantasy. And like you said, he's his, you can get him basically undrafted. So I, I really mm-hmm. like that pick. Um, I think that's solid for sure. Um, so Chris's pick is Antonio Brown. This is a guy who Chris just absolutely fall, fall, fell in love with. seems like very recently. Um, I know he took him in our redraft. Um, he took it pretty high in our redraft, to be honest, um, that we did last week. Um, so he really loves Antonio Brown. Um, he just likes that, the, kind of like we were talking about with the box. I know he likes with the um, the full training camp, AB, AB and Brady. It seems like they have a personal relationship that tends to kind of show off on the football field as well. Um, you can get AB very late in drafts. So for all those reasons, Chris really likes drafting Antonio Brown for your fantasy team. Um, so for me, since I'm last, I'll go over a few of my honorable mentions. I do really like Tom Brady, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think he's going to be done. I only he's washed. You can get him as like the QB 10 to 15 range usually um, maybe a little higher just because he is Tom Brady um, and he, he has that boost because of his name value um, but you can get him pretty late and uh, you can maybe even get him his as as your backup in some circumstance I know Chris did that um, in our redraft last week uh, but yeah he can be and he I think he has the potential to have a top five quarterback season for sure um, I also like Godwin and Evans they because of their not maybe off seasons last year, but they, they weren't as like the top 10 guys that you, they usually are. They're dropping to like the fourth to sixth round. Um, and I think you, they can have the potential to have wide receiver one seasons. Um, I know for me, I went receiver quarterback tight end heavy in my fantasy draft. I got Mike Evans as my wide receiver one in like the fifth or sixth or seventh round. And I was really happy about that. So um, I think they're based on their draft price. That's awesome. And then also Calvin Ridley too. I mean, you can get him in like the third or fourth round. Um, and I think he, has, as we talked about too, there's touches galore there in Atlanta. So I think he could have a really big season as well. And I know like Justin Jefferson's going ahead of him. AJ Brown's going ahead of him. No disrespect to those guys, but I think Calvin Ridley could have a realistically could have very easily have a better season than both those guys, I think. Um, but I know I had a lot of honorable mentions there, but I wanted to get him off my chest. My main guy, I kind of teased at it earlier. It's Robbie Anderson. Um, he's like going super, super late. Um, I, I mean, I don't even, I, I got him as, and I almost got him. I you know I got him in our dynasty league, I think um, like way, way late, like seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th round. And he's like, I mean, he's got a previously established uh, relationship uh, with Sam Darnold. Um, they, by all accounts, the connection, the chemistry is still there at training camp so far. Um, and like you said, you can get this, like I said, you can get this guy as like your wide receiver three, four, five, and he could easily be your wide receiver too by the end of the season. So when you're looking at for those depth receivers after, after you miss out on the, maybe the top guys, um, this is a guy you can easily snag up there and really get, provide some much needed depth for your fantasy lineup. Um, and you can start them either in bye weeks you can start them just to start them as a flex option. I mean, I think he's going to have a really nice season and I'm surprised that and maybe we'll see this later on as we get closer to the start of the season. I'm surprised with all the positive juice and momentum that's coming out of training camp that his ADP hasn't risen dramatically. I mean, it's still very low and I know we're both high on Corey Davis. We're not high on Corey Davis. We kind of like Corey Davis. Um, He's like, they're going around the same area. No disrespect to Corey Davis, but like I'm taking Robbie Anderson any day of the week over Corey Davis. So um, I, I really, really love Robbie. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, players um, in fantasy this year, for sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I kinda, I'm sorry. I spoiled that pick a little bit earlier on. No, you're good. Yeah, all those all those guys you mentioned are, are really solid picks, especially with the Bucks guys. I don't want to talk about them too much, but I don't think either of them will have as many volatile games as they saw last year. You know, Evans was always on and off, maybe one two touchdowns and like five yards or whatever. Um, I think both of those guys will be much more consistent. And then for Robbie Anderson, obviously, just having the connection with Sam Darnold, that'll be very key for them. Uh, and Robbie Anderson's ADP is much lower than the other guys that you mentioned. So definitely a guy you can you can target later um, in the middle rounds. But 
yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. And one other honorable mention is Mike Davis. Just I, I like him yeah. a lot, especially from the running back perspective. Um, clear cut starter day one. Uh, you can get him uh, in the middle rounds. Once after like the tier, not tier one RBs, but like all those expected guys of starters, maybe in the uh, running backs and after the fifth round, you're going to see Mike Davis there. You might see a Javante Williams, uh, a Miles Gaskin, but I think Mike Davis is going to be, you know, a good option if you don't want to take the chance of, or if you don't take running back early, you can definitely go Mike Davis in the middle rounds as well. Yeah, I, I love Mike Davis too. I'm glad you mentioned him because even Dynasty, it's a little bit different, but for redraft, um, you can, like, he he often goes after guys like ETN, Javante, mm-hmm. uh, Raheem Mostert, in some cases, Michael Carter, Miles Gaskin, as you mentioned. Um, he goes super, super late. And all those guys, I mean, it's, it's looking like it's going to be running back by committee. Um, a lot of concerns there, a lot of question marks in a lot of those different situations and the fact that you could like pass on all those guys have everybody else take those guys and then you can get mike davis um later in your draft i mean that's awesome value um especially as we already mentioned too with with arthur smith uh his offense he obviously with derrick henry loves running the ball um and we've seen uh mike davis's you know football size thighs um so i think they're gonna run the ball a lot and mike davis as you mentioned is is the bonafide RB1 in that in that lineup. So you can draft him as your RB3, RB4, um, and he gives you some really nice depth. Similar to Robbie Anderson, gives you some really nice depth for that position in your fantasy rosters. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so do you have anything else you want to touch on for this division before we wrap it up? Um, no, like I said at the top, this division was obviously the most intriguing last year, um, but this year kind of a little bit more expected besides you know the Panthers, the Falcons. You don't really know what you might get with them. Even the Saints, but uh, yeah, this isn't not as much controversy on this one. You know, the Bucks clear cut favorites, uh, nothing much to argue with that one. Yeah, I, I agree. It's Bucks and then kind of everybody else. No, no mm-hmm. team, no team is brutal in this division, but there's no like Super Bowl contender, um, outside of the Bucks, unless Sam Darnold becomes an MVP candidate, which could, could very well happen, but who knows? Um, all right, so once again, we are the Zone Defense Podcast. Um, the NFL season is, is heating up. We're, we're in August, basically in August now. Um, so we're going to have lots more of these divisional previews. We'll probably have a uh, overall playoff and Super Bowl and tier list uh, breakdown probably as we closer to the NFL season. We'll probably try and do some other fantasy mock drafts and fantasy episodes as well as we get closer to the year. Um, so uh, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Podcast and search us on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss any of that awesome content. Um, Chris and I will also be trying to continue our Zone Defense basketball hours um, with the NBA draft uh, just wrapping up. I uh, will hopefully do an episode pretty quickly too with uh, breaking down the draft and the picks and free agency is right around the corner. So uh, we'll do a lot of great NFL content, a lot of great NBA content. Um, so be sure to subscribe to us, as I mentioned, so you don't miss any of that awesome stuff. Um, also, smash that like button and drop a comment down below. Let us know your takes and our uh, standings predictions. As Rowan mentioned, there's not this isn't a very controversial division like we did last week. Um, but who knows? Maybe you're, you're much higher on the Saints than I was or higher on the Falcons than both of us were. Or maybe you think the Panthers are going to absolutely suck and Sam Darnold is awful as a quarterback, um, which is unlike what I think. But um, whatever your takes are, whatever your stances are, please let us know in the comments. We love trying to read those and, and responding to them as quickly as we can. But once again, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Peace.